It's the Sean and G podcast. We're back again. It is, of course, Lockdown Thoughts. My name is Sean. I'm joined by G, and we are here to talk about starting a business during COVID. G, good evening to you. How's things up north? G'day, Sean. I'm pumped for this one. I've got some really good content here, and I think we've got a lot, a lot to talk about and much to look forward to. Things up here are pretty good. Went for a ride this afternoon, watched the sunset, and poured myself a um a hibiki suntory whiskey. So some Japanese. Oh. Yeah, to to kick things off tonight. Beautiful. Hello to all of our listeners from Japan. Um, you know, it's, it's funny. I was lucky enough to go to to Japan just before lockdown and uh, went to um. Uh, I think it's uh, one of the islands down the south, which they were known for making liquor with sweet potato, um, and it was delish. Uh, for me, I've uh, I've decided to to honour your your drink from last week, and I'm on the Malbec this time, and it is going down a treat as we sit here uh, in lockdown. But we're talking about starting a business, which. For some of our listeners at home, you're going to be able to relate to a lot of this. For others, um, it might be able to provide you with a different perspective when you're thinking about all of the uh, the predicament and the the different environments we find ourselves in during lockdown. Perhaps this will provide you with a bit of a a different uh, point of view from from the lockdown measures. And of course, with the with the podcast, as always, we don't like to get political. We st- stay away from that. Uh, we're not here to to debate the merits of lockdown. We're just here to have a bit of a yarn, enjoy a drink, catch up, reminisce, um, and loosely discuss a topic. So starting a business, we're, we're lucky to have a, a couple of guests lined up for today's show that both G and I were lucky to sit down with uh, and have a bit of a chat about them starting a business during COVID. Um and I, and I must say the the content that comes out of that is is really intriguing and and in terms of the motivation around starting a business, I found really insightful. G, uh, who was it that you were able to sit down with and have a chat? Yeah, I agree. I agree. It's it's very interesting to actually talk to people. So we hear, hear a lot in the media about businesses struggling and coffee shops and that sort of thing, but rarely do we see you know the business owners and get to t- a chance to talk to them. So I actually went down to a a crafty little uh, coffee van uh, down here, Ooga. Yeah, yeah. What's it, it was, called? Uh, What's the name? Uh, it's called Three Toes. Okay, mm. so three, three Toes Creations, and um, met with the owner Jimmy. And um, I've been there a couple of times for a coffee, and we've just had a, a few chats. And Jimmy's actually very much like myself, a COVID baby. Uh, so he, you know, was living on the Gold Coast. Um, I won't tell too much of his story because obviously Jimmy has shared that with us, but living on the Gold Coast, doing a completely different thing and moved to Wagulga, opened a coffee van and had a career change and a lifestyle change. And it's a great story. Yeah. Okay. Really looking forward to hearing about Jimmy's journey to Wagulga and starting that enterprise. Um, For me, I was able to sit down with the proprietor of Bad Frankie which is a bar down in Melbourne in, in Trendy Fitzroy. Uh, and a good friend of the show, Chris, he is the the, the proprietor of that uh, business. He actually took over ownership during during the lockdown. Um, and so quite a change for him. He's uh, he's also a Wagulga boy, uh, but decided to do the, 
the move down to Melbourne for, for various reasons, including uh, work and, and university, but but decided as well to to have a go at the hospitality game like Jimmy. Uh, but he's doing it in the city setting. Uh, but but quite some challenges, as you can imagine, particularly in Melbourne, when you think about the number of weeks they've been in lockdown. Uh, if we were to to add the the past lockdowns and the current one together. It's a, a staggering number of, of months that they've been in lockdown. But nonetheless, Chris decided now is the right time to have a punt. And the the previous owner of Bad Frankly, Bad Frankie, who was uh, quite a, a well-known identity in the bar scene down there, he decided he was ready for uh, a move to the country. So it's quite, kind of in, interesting there, G, when we think back to where this all started, this little podcast of ours, and having a chat about you moving to the country during COVID. Well, a good friend of ours, has, he's moved to the city during COVID, but then he's bought the bar to relieve the current owner so he can move to the country during COVID. I think that's a really nice little twist on things, if you like. Yeah, yeah. And that's the sort of trends that we've been talking about and seeing. So I think it's great that we've actually got people on who've been through it mm. and are happy to talk about it. Now, before we move on to those interviews, we, we had a few people writing in after our last episode, which was about COVID confessions. Uh, and I remember we, we spoke about getting people's names wrong or, uh, you know, do you pull people up on it? And one of the messages we got in, uh, look, the message didn't come from too far away. It came from from my other half, my, my darling Helena, who let me know, gee, this one through the week, that actually when she was a, a young kid, when she was a little tot doing swimming lessons, uh, she was in the in the same swimming class as, as this boy who, for whatever reason, thought that her name was Lisa. And Helena never had the courage to correct him <laughs> on that first swimming lesson. So for the rest of the, the whole year, 12 months in the same swimming class together, Helena just decided that she'd be known as Lisa just <laughs> to, you know, not not make this guy feel bad. What what a situation. Is that is that because she was a bad swimmer and she didn't want to be known as Helena the swimmer outside of swimming? I don't think it was to do with the quality <laughs> of the swimming. I don't think it had anything to do with the quality of the swimming. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, there, there you go. So it does happen out there. Uh, the other COVID confession we had coming in uh, was somebody who uh, likes to wear disguises. Um but, gee, the thing is, right, when, when when I say disguise, what do you think of? What's the go-to disguise? If I said, um, you know, we're going to get up to some no good, put on a disguise, what's your go-to? What would you put on? What would you it's wear? Gotta be, it's got to be moustache and glasses, but they've already got a face mask on. So there's no – yeah, they've already got the mask on. So, I mean, maybe some glasses so you can disguise the eyes. But we had someone uh, message in saying that they like to wear disguises. But the, the thing is that this person isn't – they're not famous, so it's what are they? They're meeting strangers and hiding their real self, but the stranger doesn't know who they are, regardless. And I just thought this was hilarious. It's like going into a bar or to a, a, a coffee shop to order your drink and saying, "Oh, hello, my name's Kevin," and the attendant says, "Okay," and then you go, oh, "I got you. My name's actually Steve. I'm wearing a disguise." <laughs> like, if you're not famous, what's the point? That's true. Interesting confession, that one. And the thing is, we'll never know who it actually was. We won't know. We won't know. <laughs> uh, gosh. Um, so, gee, we might cut across to uh, you sitting down with Jimmy from Three Toes uh, and hear about Jimmy. Uh, what was the first thing that you sat down and asked Jimmy about? 
Yeah, look, I, I wanted to get an understanding of, of Jimmy's decision to actually move to the area and what prompted him to do that and, and start a business. So that's exactly where we started. Well, we were, um, I grew up on the Gold Coast and I sort of moved away like a long time ago, just sort of chasing work mainly. And we were, um, I did like uh, education, so I was a school teacher for years and years. And then I basically just, um, when I got a job or my partner got a job, we just sort of moved sort of chasing teaching work and then sort of wound up kind of uh, in Ballina for a little while and then just sort of moved further and further away and realised we sort of liked it down here. Um, you know, it wasn't so busy compared to the Gold Coast, so much more chilled lifestyle. And um, Growing up, I never thought I'd leave the Gold Coast because it just sort of had everything and yeah. heaps of beaches and heaps to do and stuff like that. But then when I come down here, I just realised you know, it's just beautiful. and. Um, yeah, it's just a, a nice, you know, relaxed part of the world and um, got sort of work around Yamba, Iluka and um, McLean and then stayed there for a few years and then uh, at one point in time I just sort of changed careers and decided I was going to pursue sort of sports, my sports side of my degree a bit more and did surf coaching and did a um, bit of coaching and then, yeah, came down here and ended up sort of surf coaching and managing a surf school. And um, yeah, since then I've just, yeah, we've just been pretty beach and yeah, loving it down here, man. So yeah, just chasing kind of that more relaxed lifestyle, really. Well, gee, that's really interesting. What a story from Jimmy there. Um, and what a great guy, I must say. Like, what a legend for for wanting to move down to, to Wagooga. Yeah, yeah, great story. Great story and really shows that, you know, what, what it takes and, and what's behind the mindset of someone starting a business. And one of the things that's really tricky, right, when you move to a small town, and don't get me wrong, Wilgorga's growing, the Coffs region's growing. Um, you know, we've got over 150,000 people now calling the Coffs Coast home. But when you've got a tight-knit community like Wilgorga, for an outsider to move into the area, it's not easy, is it? No, no, it's 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 not. And as, particularly with what Jimmy's trying to do there and, and get into, you know, providing coffee to a small community but i think what what's bringing people here is is the key and that's the lifestyle and the beautiful beaches mm, that's right all things unrelated to that so we've got chris who's moved from the beach area down to melbourne and i sat down with him uh, and got a bit more of an understanding about why he started bad frankie it's called bad frankie it's a bar just off smith street we specialize in australian spirits and we do jaffles uh, so it was accepted by uh, Seb Costello back in 2014. Um, and he's been a real pioneer in the industry. I think we've got a thriving scene here in Melbourne. Yeah. Um, it's a lockdown. I've had some of the best times and met some amazing people from, all, you know, both local and, and from abroad in Melbourne. It's such a, a melting pot. And there's some amazing people here. I can't wait for it to get back to the way it was. Australia does some amazing things. I think it's really highlighting that. I think the ban on uh, spirits really did propel Australian wine, which is huge around the world. And I think there's a huge opportunity for um, Australian spirits as well to to reach those domestic uh, sorry to reach those international markets. I don't think necessarily that we do the likes of whiskey better, but there's an amazing story behind it which is really where where I, I, I kind of have that affinity, that attraction to it. 
you said you you really like a gin. What what gin would you? If I walked in today, mm. what would you serve me? If I said barkeep, barkeep. Well, it's really hard to decide because it changes by mood. Mm. Um, so let me describe let me describe my mood to you, okay? My mood is I'm a I'm a little um, on edge. I'm a bit I'm a bit fidgety. I, I need a I need the taste of relaxation on my palate. Something that we really try and do at Bad Frankies is educate our customers about Australian spirits. And when you come in, we ask you what you like, what you don't like, and, and try and direct you and, and share, you, share the story behind the bottle as well. What about um, a coastal gin? Is something that reminds you of, like, for me, getting yeah. back up to the Coffs Coast, feeling the, the, the salt air, the breeze on, a, on yeah. a warm summer's day, what one... There's well. actually two which I absolutely love, and they both really work well in uh, Martini as well. So we have um, Manly. They do a coastal gin, and it's got that umami kind of saltiness that comes through, and absolutely fantastic with a tonic. Or we have Great Ocean Road too, and uh, that's a fantastic drop. So, like, some similarities, though, nonetheless, between both uh, both Chris and Jimmy there. Um, but I wanted you to hear the next little section G, which was around the name bad Frankie that, that I had no idea. Like Chris is one of my, my good friends and being in the loop with him making this big purchase of, of the bar down there and, uh, being on the phone every day with him about what's going on and, and the different regulations and the different, you know, pieces of, of licensing that he needed to adhere with to be able to make the purchase. Um, I never asked him the question as to why is it called Bad Frankie. Uh, <laughs> here's him explaining the name. So it's called Bad Frankie because of John Franklin. Oh, yeah, that's his name. So John Franklin, um, the, the, the bastardized version of the story is that John Franklin was the governor of Van Diemen's Land. And he put a stop to uh, boutique distilling. Um, it was actually his wife made him. Um, so she, there was a cool quote. I can't remember what it was, but she was like something like, rather feed the barley to the pigs than have men become swine or some shit like that. Wow. Yeah. And basically there was a push for them to ban distilling. And this is back in the 1840s. And so that legislation was passed. And then when um, Australia was federated in 1901, those laws that were establishing Van Diemen's Land got passed across the entire federation. So that wasn't amended until the 90s. So it was 150 years um, that we lost in, in distilling. Uh, so, so that's why we call him a bad Frankie. <laughs> indeed. Uh, so we lost kind of that entrepreneurial, that innovative uh, approach to to distilling, and and I guess that's now is that why we've now seen a rise in boutique distilling and microbreweries and and micro um, you know, producers of gins and vodkas and things like that. Absolutely. Uh, so there are a few like seminal people within the industry. So Bill Lark was one uh, from Tasmania who went through and. And really made a push for this and got legislative changed. Um, I don't quote me on that because it might be wrong. Uh, <laughs> I will quote. We will quote anyone. <laughs> uh, 
Um, so when Seb Costello, who incepted Bad Frankie, uh, he started in 2014, he was telling me that there was only 20 distilleries in all of Australia. And that's risen to 250 plus now. So the, uh, the stroke of a pen has really changed the industry. Your words, not mine, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I had a stroke earlier and <laughs> changed shit. So is it based on the story then, your bar, it features only uh, Australian product or is it a product from yeah, abroad absolutely. as well? So we only feature Australian spirits, including uh, whiskies, rums. Um, we have an amazing selection of gins. Uh, which is my personal favourite because we do such amazing botanicals in Australia, which feature so well in gin. Um, real complimentary. Um, outside of our bar, we we grow um, a few botanicals. Uh, so we have pig's base, which is a native succulent, which takes on a bit of a, a salty flavour, and we make a cordial out of that and um, put that in our cocktails. Um, we do we are a cocktail bar, uh, so we have. Um, some signature cocktails, um, but we are limited in, in what we can provide because everything is Australian. So when we have customers come in and ask for a Negroni, uh, we have our take on that where we've had to blend Australian bitters in order to replicate that taste and put our own spin on it. Uh, we also do uh, jaffles with local ingredients, um, supporting local businesses. It's quality first. Pretty cool story there, G, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that's actually very, um, very interesting. And same as Jimmy, Jimmy with Three Toes, you've got to hear Jimmy's and, and Lenny's reasoning behind the name in Three Toes. Sort of a long story. Like I said, I was I'd probably like, it'd be 10 years ago that I sort of first um, sort of saw um, like my mate's place and kind of had this idea. And I don't know, I'd... Um, it, it comes from, I read the, like, the book Life of Pi, actually, and uh, there's this tiny little bit at the start of it where they talk about, like, the guy like, grows up in a zoo, like, fictional character, whatever, grows up in a zoo, blah, 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 and they talk a little bit about sloths, and from that little bit of the book, I found, like, them really interesting, like, creatures, and then sort of, like, you know, had a bit of time and sort of looked them up and... Like, yeah, found the, just to be really funny, kind of interesting creatures. And then, like, I don't know, they sort of gel with the whole, like, coffee cafe vibe of being, like, kind of cruisy and relaxed and, you know. Wow, that's really cool, G. Yeah, great story. Great story. As I said, a lot of character uh, and a lot, a lot, uh, a lot behind the name and, and the design concept of Three Toes. There would have been a lot of ups and downs for for Jimmy and Lenny starting this business, um, and and with the ups and downs of of lockdown, um, the ebbs and flows of starting a business during this time. Um, did you get the chance to to talk to Jimmy about that? Yeah, look, we did we did get into that, and I wanted to see not only that uh, of what where the business has come from and what it's been through, but also where it was headed. And Jimmy had some really really good insights into that we started off like sort of cruising along and then um even with the COVID thing i think for us being takeaway it's been okay compared to some other sort of cafe style businesses um but we definitely noticed like it was you know if we'd done this like a couple of years ago we'd like be peaking like 
you know, a lot more than what we probably are at the moment. Um, one of the first things was when the first school holidays come around and like Sydney was sort of just shut down like a week beforehand and yeah. the school holidays basically felt like just another day in the office and like, you know, there was no, with us sort of setting up, we'd actually planned to set up and open four weeks or so before the holidays came and then really we were just kind of relying or hoping to get a bit of a boom, a bit of a boost through there to just kick us off uh, through that two weeks yeah. of holidays and then sort of, you know, see how things went. But yeah, just never, no, there was no holiday rush or anything, just yeah. never came. Yeah. Um, and then we've just been sort of growing like steadily. Um, and then when that, like the last lockdown came, like Sydney's been down for a little bit, but a couple of weeks ago when the regional one got locked down, we we're basically like just dead. Um, like the first day of lockdown, um, we come in and I was, you know, we were just dead quiet. I don't think I had a single customer until for probably the first two hours of being here. And so I was just sort of standing around going, wow, um, it's pretty crazy. And so I spoke to Lynn, I said, look, if it's going to be like this the whole week, we might have to just like sit back and look at, you know, just sort of cutting our losses for a couple of weeks and just maybe even close. Um, then the next day was all right. And then it seemed like people relaxed a few days later and we actually had kind of like a busy day. So we got back to regular and now we're, we're sort of, I think everyone's kind of understanding all the rules, everyone's like being safe, but they're still like, you know, able to get out. Like people know now that takeaways are okay and they yeah. can get in and get a takeaway. And yeah, we're sort of like, we had those two like sort of dips and now it's, you know, kind of uh, back, um, yeah, just doing all right. We're not like, like I said, I think it could be a lot better without all this stuff going on, yeah. definitely. But, um, you know, it, it's happening and we're still here and, you know. He's a great guy, isn't he, Jimmy? Yeah, great story. Great story. As I said, and great, just a really good person, great character, and, and uh, you know, down there, just, just north of Woolworths. So make sure you get down there and pick up a coffee after you've done your grocery shopping. And while we've been listening to, to Jimmy um, explain a little bit about the motives of Three Toes, I've actually ducked out to the kitchen, G. I'm not going to lie. I put on the, uh, the headset so I could – listen as i was at work and i picked up the cocktail shaker and i actually uh what i first did was i i poured a nice little bit of espresso courtesy of three toes into the cocktail maker um <laughs> and then look i've i've made myself up a little espresso martini i've i've shaken it and it's a fresh espresso in the the martini uh and it is delicious how good is that um another confession i must say that we had come in on the, the line as well um was uh speaking of jimmies now it was somebody sharing a story with us about another jimmy and you might remember this jimmy g do you remember jimmy ellis <laughs> yeah i do i do <laughs> what comes to mind when you think of jimmy ellis and a confession jeez i've got no idea you, you'll never guess the confession but what do you think of when you think of jimmy describe jimmy to the to the listeners at home that wouldn't have a clue who we're talking about right now. Jimmy was a was a funny character, uh, always always good for a joke, and um, he was he was always a bit shorter and really skinny. And uh, I think I met him again after school, and he was actually a chef. Mm, okay, well this is food related, so bear that in mind. And it's a confession that someone, and it was anonymous, so we don't know who it was, but they actually said that back in primary school. Um, the, the Jimmy Ellis used to have a, a lemmington. So from the from the canteen, from the tuck shop, um, every day he would get himself a lemmington and 
he would only eat the icing. So for those that are, we know we've got some listeners from around the world, but a lemington is a, a, the quintessential Australian dessert, if you like. So it's basically sponge cake, um, then covered in chocolate icing and then coconut sprinkled on top. But Jimmy, he would just have the icing. He'd pick the icing off, so the chocolate icing and the coconut, and then you'd be left with basically a square piece of sponge cake. And then he'd give the sponge cake to one of his good friends, who I won't mention his name because perhaps he was the one that gave the confession in. <laughs> wow, there you go. Nothing like the good old Lemmington fingers. <laughs> Nothing quite like a Lemmington finger. Um, gee, it is that time of the evening to investigate the trend. And what do you have for us this evening in terms of starting a business during COVID? Yeah, look, I've actually had some some fun with this. There's there's been a lot happening and a shout out to to those, you know, those businesses, existing businesses that are struggling. Um, I don't think it'd be right to not mention that and we understand that COVID has impacted many businesses. Um, but just as we've heard from from Chris and, and Jimmy regarding, you know, what, what goes into starting a business during this time, there's some trends uh, on the back of back of COVID where people have seen opportunities to start a business or have a look into an idea that maybe been thinking about for a while. Um, and one of the things I've actually found is, so obviously we're familiar with Afterpay uh, and, yep. and how that works, but have you heard of Beforepay? No. No, there you go. Well, yeah, not many people have, but that's something that's really kicked off during COVID. So essentially what before pay does is it allows you to access your next paycheck before you receive it. Oh, that's dangerous. It is. Yeah, <laughs> it is dangerous. Um, and they just basically charge a, a small fee, um, you know, so 5%. And the, the max the maximum you can access is $1,000. So for as little as 50 bucks, you then have access to an extra $950 before you get it, which, um, you know, is beneficial, as, as you can see, but there is also some risk in that. But it's those type of concepts that we're seeing trends in. You know, people taking a bit of a gamble um, and understanding that, you know, people's cash flows are a bit tight at the moment. And um, I wanted to hit you with the after, or sorry, the before pay slogan, Sean. What See is what it? Think of this. <laughs> what is it? Tell me. When life happens, why wait till payday? Now, this is dangerous, okay? <laughs> and I'll tell you it's dangerous on a couple of reasons. So before lockdown, so I've moved to Sydney for work, as you know, and I was really fortunate to be able to to join a, a touch footy team called the Below Average Joes. Shout out to the Joes. Now, the Joes, we've, we've gone beyond just being a touch footy team, and it's quite the little, the social social group we've got going on and and largely we've we've gone from drinking beers in the pub and having sundays at the beach to being a whatsapp group as i'm sure a lot of listeners can relate to that a lot of our communication at the moment's in in group chats right but the thing about the joes is they love a punt they love a gamble and it's nrl season and they are very much in, enjoying having a bit of a gamble on the NRL games. Now, if you told one of the members of the Joes that if they gave you 50 bucks, you'd give them 950 to play with, it's it's not going to end well. I can tell you now, it is not going to end well for the Joes. 
gambling with free money. <laughs> free money, but with a catch. With a catch. That's right. And and the other trend, just to finish things up, so that, that's obviously uh, one of the trends there, you know, um, centred on having things basically um, at your fingertips. The other thing is, and, and, you know, give yourselves a pat on the back, Australia. We've got listeners all over the world, but Australians, give yourselves a pat on the back because we've done some surveys. Or, well, I haven't. No, I haven't got the time in um <laughs> in current in current times but there's been a survey conducted and 77 percent of aussies have s- switched from online shopping to supporting small businesses and i think that's a trend which is fantastic for businesses who are commencing in COVID. so to build on that trend all we need is small business gambling offices and then uh the joes will be happy <laughs> that's right Plenty of Aussies are willing to support. Gee, thanks for sharing the trends. Uh, It makes me slightly nervous, um, but it's okay because next week we're going to be talking all things mental health during COVID. So I can rest assured that any of my fears, my anxieties will be able to cover in more detail next week. This has been Starting a Business During COVID. Sean and G signing out. (music) 